Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, once again, NASCAR heads out west, this time to wine country and Sonoma. As always, I'm Brandon Monroe, and well, we don't have Marky tonight, <laughs> but he did such a good job last time, we decided to bring him back, uh, filling in for Mark as he's got some family stuff uh to go take care of tonight, we have Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight? Good, thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, as always. Everything went pretty good last time. You know the drill here, so let's just jump right into it. The truck race, uh, we were talking about last week how it could be an opportunity for some of these other drivers to possibly, you know, get a win and sneak into the playoffs that desperately need one. Mark did bring up the possibility of a lot of cup guys uh, showing up for this race, since you're probably going to get a little bit more out of a truck race than a K&N West race, or ARCA West race, excuse me. Sometimes title changes don't go over so well. Regardless, we do have a lot of uh, cup guys dropping down to the truck series for Saturday's race. Kyle Busch, obviously the favorite at plus 175. But I think there's some pretty good value in here as well for some of these other drivers. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of notable names dropping down this week. I mean, you have Bowman as well in there. Uh, they Obviously, him and Kyle put on a pretty good show earlier this year at Coda. I'm trying to think uh, who else is down there. I think Ross Chastain's down there as well. Obviously won the cup race earlier this season at Dakota. So definitely a few pretty good road racers down there going to try to battle it out for a truck one this week. I, I got to say, looking at the odds, uh, he came pretty close both races there. Alex Bowman at plus 800, very, very tempting for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bowman's definitely been blossoming as of late as a road racer, I feel. The only thing is, I, I think Sonoma's been one of his weaker tracks so far in the Cup Series, but that's also, he's gone through a bit here with uh, this track, so uh, a few years back, he went to run a Van K&N race uh, with the saddest-looking paint scheme ever. That was and a very then- sad car. That's a that one could have been, like, an all-timer. You know, like, you see on Reddit, those, like, uh, just terrible show cars? Yep. That was a terrible show car, and it somehow made it onto the racetrack. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, All-timer the, right there. And the engine decided to kick the bucket three laps in the race or something like that. Fitting with the car, I guess. So it, it knew. The car and knew. That was, that was back on the short shoot layout. So that was some experience taken away there. And then I think, you know, maybe right as he would have finally been starting to get comfortable at the short shoot, we went and switched to the carousel for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, it's, it's a tough read for me this week because of that. I mean, obviously every year we've been going to the road courses, he seems to get better and better, especially at the Roval for whatever reason, he seems to find a way just to will cars to good finishes there. <laughs> but I think Sonoma is definitely more of a question mark than say the other tracks we would see the, uh, cup series make, uh, the trip to. So it doesn't, doesn't sound like Bowman's your guy. If there's the one driver you need to pick right now, who do you think it is before any practice time, anything like that with these trucks? Um, Probably, gotta say, Ross Chastain. I think mm-hmm. he's just, yeah, he's a great truck driver. I, I would argue right now at this point in his career, I have more faith in him jumping into a truck and winning a race than I do Kyle Busch, and that's in lesser equipment. And I think that he's shown that, and Kyle's been struggling lately to get the wins in this truck series uh, with the KVM equipment. Uh, he's gone as far as calling his own team's equipment absolutely horrible. So I just, I don't know if the confidence is there with that group right now. And I don't know if he'll be able to win a slugfest heads up against some of those younger guys. I will say Ross pretty good. He is 
the second favorite behind Kyle, who's plus 175, but plus 600 for Ross in a truck race. Um, you know, he did win Coda earlier in the year, the Cup Series. So he's a good road racer. Definitely agree with you there. That's a really good value bet, even for somebody that's not deeper in the field. Uh, for me, guy I'm looking at right now in terms of winning this race, I'm going to go with the guy that won Coda. I'm going to go with Zane Smith. Um, you know, had a rough week a couple of weeks ago back at Texas with the truck series. Looked like he was really going to turn it around at Gateway. Had some issues, but did, you know, rally back for a top 10 and followed that that up on Sunday with a pretty good showing in his first cup start as well. Zane plus 900 already has a road course win this year. That team might be the best just all around team in the series when they don't have any issues, whether it comes to, you know, parts or lug nuts like they did at Las Vegas. He's really been on it this year. So I definitely like him. Uh, I think deeper in the pack. And I don't know if you've already taken a look at some of the, you know, longer shot odds. There's a couple. Uh, first one I want to touch up on is Parker Kligerman. I don't think people realize he has a road racing background. He's won in this truck before. Granted, it was at Talladega, but the 75, I kind of wish they had enough funding for a full-time season this year. He'd definitely be in the playoff hunt. Plus 2,000 for Kligerman on a road course. I think that's definitely something to take a look at. Yeah, I mean, he's been up there in the front in some of the other road races in that truck. I think back to the Daytona road course, I believe it was, where he ran up front and looked like he had a car that could have contended for the win that day if it wasn't for some of the late race restart shenanigans kind of taking him out of the picture there. Um, definitely a, uh, I want to say a sneaky, talented driver, but I think people recognize how good Parker Clearman is. It just seems that for whatever reason, not a single sponsor does. And it's a shame. Cause I mean, even thinking back to like an oval a few years ago in that 96 car at Kansas, the dude that's put a on run. a top 10 run. I mean, yeah. that's, and that's just, it's ridiculous that a guy who can do that doesn't have better opportunities than he does. So it'd be like really nice to up. see him go in. I feel like he ended up finishing like 19th that race, which like that was, that was a car Daniel Suarez ran the year before. And, had no success really and you look at what Suarez is doing now at Trackhouse definitely an equipment issue with that and and Kligerman just kind of showed up and won off that thing on a mile and a half to top 20 day no problem um, anybody else deeper on the odds list here for the truck race that you're looking at uh, somebody who's going to be driving for her playoff hopes this weekend, Matt Benedetto, plus 6,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good track record at the road courses at the cup level. Um, the equipment's definitely good enough to win at a road course if the driver puts on a perfect race. So it'd be interesting to look at Matt Benedetto and maybe see if he can push his way into the playoff picture here of a win. Yeah, plus 6,000, uh, definitely one to look at. I'm on the fence with him. That's one where, you know, it doesn't hurt to throw a $10 flyer. 10 bucks on that wins you $600. Like if if you're just want to try to hit the lottery, I think that's definitely a good one. I'd feel a little bit more stronger about him um if we didn't have all the cup guys there. That's you know that's just the one thing with Kyle Busch even though he hasn't performed like he normally has in the truck series this year. Ross Chastain, Alex Bowman, those guys I think are going to be, you know, near the front. I know Austin Dillon's also in this race, and Harrison Burton. Those are two I don't really have circled. Dillon's looked better on the road courses lately. He could get top 15, and you know he's threatened. I think he actually did get a top 10 run recently in one of the road courses as well, but definitely not his strong suit. So I don't expect him to do much, especially with the car that he's or the truck that he's in. Um, Harrison Burton as well. That's he's just there for experience. I he might have run, you know, the West Series races here in the past, but not a ton of experience here at Sonoma. Definitely needs the track time. Don't expect him to be a real threat here either. 
and then that's that's really it for the long shots. I mean, I I heard some people talk about possibly Jade Buford. Um, I, that's another situation, kind of like Austin Dillon, where even though Jade has the road racing background, I don't expect him to really do anything there. Todd Bodine's an interesting one. Don't think he's going to win the race, but. You know, he is one of the drivers that has experience here um, running in the Cup Series from years and years and years ago. So he might know how to get around the track. They don't have any top 10 bets on the Truck Series, but if we're to want one to come up, that'd be one I'd definitely look at. He, he's trending, I believe, at plus 10,000 just for a top five. And he already got one top 10 this year in the Truck Series. He's run decent for, you know, how old he is and how many years he's been out of the truck. So if you see any top 10, Bets on Tabo Dine kicking around on any betting platform might be something that you also want to take a look at. Um, no uh, matchup bets for the Truck Series this week, so let's just jump right in. Um, actually, before I do, I'm getting messages from Marky right now. His picks, despite not being here, he is still communicating with us. He's got Kyle Busch to win, Parker Kligerman for his value pick, and he also just sent me a screenshot of his DraftKings lineup as well for that. So we'll get to that here. As we move into the fantasy teams, I'll let you go first. What's your team looking like this week, Jeremy? Yeah, so I um I opened with two of the heavy hitters from Coda earlier this year with Bowman and Zane Smith. I just at twelve thousand, I don't know if Kyle Bush really has the value this week. I'd rather kind of swing with those two ten thousand guys and see if both of them can run all some pretty good runs this week. I mean, Zane Smith is a very mental state-based driver. When he is confident, he's unstoppable behind the wheel of a race car. And that kid's got to be on cloud nine right now. I mean, he's having the best season of his career, coming off of his cup debut in which he ran impressively well, given the circumstances. And given the equipment, I mean, RFK has been off this year it feels and to to get in that car and run probably not as good as i think we see bush run in it but pretty close is definitely impressive for the first career cup start so i think he's gonna carry some of that momentum off with him here this weekend and then after that i have a parker kligerman i just that's that's a guy that um can go out there and win this race uh, he he absolutely can steal the show this weekend after that, I had uh, Austin Dillon and Matt Benedetto together uh, there in the uh, 7,000 range. Uh, Dibby, like I said, somebody that I think is going to be driving pretty hard this weekend. So if he keeps that truck in one piece and doesn't make any mistakes, I think he's going to be in for a good run. And Austin Dillon, despite the uh, the issues he's had with road racing so far in his NASCAR career, one of my favorite stats, I think it took him like seven years to get a top 15 and a cup start at a road course. Just... Um, at 7,500, I just don't see how you can pass up a cup driver, even if they aren't the strongest road racer. And then rounding off my team, it's not the best equipment, but I still think Jade Buford has enough talent to put some points on the board at that price range and help round out a pretty strong top-heavy team. I will say, I'll read off Mark's team first. He he also is going with Buford at plus... Or plus. <laughs> At 5600 for the salary. Um, he's probably going with the same reasoning as you, just given the price. You need somebody to fill that spot. And judging by some of the other guys he has on here, that that might be the reason why he did that. Uh, next up, he has Todd Bodine at 6700 I could only assume probably, knowing how he thinks, 
Todd has some experience here. He's run half decent. Probably the reasoning behind that as well. He also has Matty D, 7,400. I tend to agree that's probably a good, a pretty good price point for him, uh, someone to keep the value down. Next, he has Road Course Ringer, although he's won in the Truck Series at Daytona before, and that's uh, Kaz Grala, 8,100. Kaz definitely has that background in the road racing, so I think that's something to take a look at, and we'll see what he could do from there. Um, it'd be interesting to see the equipment he's in, but I think he will do just fine. And rounding out his team, we have, as I just lost my page, we have the two... I don't want to say big name cup guys because Ross Chastain's pretty big now, but he has Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch. I think probably piggybacking off of what they did in the truck series at Coda. All right, so moving on to my team now for the truck series. We're going to be starting out with Haley Deegan. Bit of a wild card pick there. Definitely risky, but she does have some experience here at this track from running in the West series. I don't love the pick, and as I already said, it's definitely a risk, but due to salary restrictions, it was kind of just the, the best available option there, 6400 She has been running a bit cleaner as of late, so it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, possibly a top 20 finish for her could be enough to get you some solid points, so a bit of a risk, but we're going to go with Haley Deegan at 6400 Next up, I have Todd Bodine. Just like Mark, has some experience here. 6700 pretty good salary point, too, as well. Just like I think all of us, with, I also have Benedetto And, you know, top five finish here in the 95. Been pretty solid on the road courses. I'm not expecting him to contend for that win, just given the strength of field. But I do feel like he could get a top 10 finish at the end of the day. He's averaging 28.4 fantasy points right now. I, I think if he doesn't run into ish, any issues, he should go up with that. Next three guys. Uh, in terms of salary, pretty high on the list. Parker Kligerman, 9,100. Like the road racing background. Like how he's driven in that truck so far this year. Been pretty competitive in a lot of the races he's run. So 9,100. Bit of a high point for a driver with that team, you know, caliber team, but I do like, you know, what he's been bringing to the table as of late. Uh, also went with Alex Bowman, 10,000. Hopefully he gets the finish he deserves, unlike what happened at Coda where he pushed it a little bit too hard and ended up dropping a ton of spots there at the end of the race. Sonoma, again, not his best track, like I think uh, Jeremy mentioned a little bit earlier, but he is a cup guy. The Spire truck's been pretty good. I expect him to have a pretty solid run on Saturday. And rounding out my team at 10-3, I'm going with Zane Smith. You know, he's arguably been the best driver in this series so far this year. You remove the Las Vegas DQ, haven't don't have the math right in front of me. Very realistic chance that he'd be the points leader right now. I thought about putting Kyle on the team, but he has pretty much screwed me every race he's done this year in the truck series, so I just had to stay away with him or stay away from him at this point. But I totally understand if you want to work Kyle Bush into a team at the end of the day, he's he's Kyle freaking Bush. So can't really fault anybody who decides to go with him for that race. Moving over to the Cup Series now. Um, I think a lot of us would expect the Hendrick Motorsports guys to be the favorites. 
Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson have been pretty dominant as of late on the road courses, and DraftKings would agree. Chase the favorite at plus 550, Kyle Larson at plus 650. Really hard for me to dig around and find somebody else that's a you know little ways back there that I'd feel you know really confident with just because of how good you know Larson has been on these tracks recently, especially with the beatdown he laid last year. But, you know, with how some of these guys have run over the last couple of weeks, there might be somebody a little bit behind them that you might be interested in. Uh, yeah, so actually, um, I'm looking at Truex this week. Uh, you know, pretty good history here at this track, dating back to even his days and somewhat lesser equipment. So Cole Pern's back with them this week, working on the team as an engineer. Uh, I, his his value to a team is clearly very, very high. I mean, the, the things that him and Truex did together are quite phenomenal. So I think that's going to be a nice little added boost this weekend for Truex and just a track where we know he can get the job done, see if he can find his way back into victory lane. I think he's starting to actually maybe enjoy this car a little more than he was initially as he's starting to learn to drive it based on some of his more recent comments. So I think if he can start having a little more fun with it, he might actually see some more success. I'm going to be a little salty because I was going to jump on the Truex train. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head with him, though. He's he's the guy that I look at, if it's not going to be Kyle Larson or Chase Elliott, that I do like. And gut feeling, I just feel really good with him after Gateway. You know, I know it was hard to pass, but that was probably the most competitive we've seen Truex all year. And you brought up some very good points. He's been good at Sonoma. He, Cole Pern's back. Obviously, they're they're great together. Plus 900, I'm not even going to take him as somebody to look at. I think he's my guy to win the race, actually. And, and having plus 900 odds with him, well, you could argue maybe he shouldn't be that high with how he's run this year. Just It seems like he's got a lot of positive momentum going his way, at least in terms of on track. Off the track with what's going on and, you know, for next year is something completely different, and we will touch up on that after we get done with uh, previewing the races. But, you know, gut feeling. I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr. to win the race. Um I know we could talk about value picks too, but that is definitely my guy at plus 900. Hopefully he comes through unlike Christopher Bell uh, did not do for me last week where I thought he was going to go out there and just have a field day potentially. And he had a top 10 car and that was about it. But looking at some of these guys a little further back, any anybody with good value that you have your eye on for the race? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Alex Bowman going into this week. And we talked about it earlier. I mean, the road racing is definitely taking a next step for him. If you go look at um, some of the past stats here in the Cup Series, like over the last 10 road course races, he's been one of the best road course racers in the series in terms of his average finish. So I, I just, and on top of that, he has the second best average finish in the sport this year. I think that team has been struggling as of late. This is the kind of race that I think Ives could thrive in. I think the driver can thrive. And I think we could see them get a little back on track this weekend. Yeah, not a bad one. Somebody I definitely would consider given the odds. I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez. He looked like he had the best car at Coda. Um, ran into some issues, which has really just been the story of a season. But before that, I believe he even won stage one. So that's somebody, they've showed a ton of speed lately. They just haven't been able to put it together. This could be the track where they could do that. And if they can, plus 2,500 is definitely 
great odds for Daniel Suarez with how he's run, not finished, but how he's run so far this year. Uh, the other guy that I have circled, and this is really just because of how much of a long shot he is. There was a point in his career he looked pretty good on the road courses, more so Watkins Glen than Sonoma. But Brad Keselowski at plus 30000 a $10 bet would win you over $3,000. Yeah, you swept that one out from under me. I was going to hit on that, too. I saw the uh, plus 30000 and I'm like... It's just sure, so sure ridiculous. Yeah. Keselowski, he's shown that he's capable of winning on a road course. Sonoma has not been the best to him. But as you said, plus 30,000. And I also do want to take a second here to hit on Suarez again. You know, you can only run up front so much before you're going to win. I think he's in a very similar spot to Tyler Reddick right now. Where I would agree. No, I mean, like, they've shown a lot of speed, both of them lately. Both deserve to be a cup winner right now, I believe. I I think you could pick out a few races in both of their careers where it's like, they probably could have won that race. And Mm -hmm. eventually it's going to hit. Suarez is such an underrated race car driver. Uh, if he's finally really getting a chance to show how much talent he has, uh, his Xfinity championship has always been one that people seem to want to throw an asterisk next to. And I've never quite agreed with that. I, I think he... I think the reason why they want to throw the asterisk next to it is how that last restart unfolded. But I would agree, he was good in that race mm-hmm. before that whole issue restart with what Cole Witt and the Tyson's complete mess complete mess with that restart but I would agree that that people just want to say hey he won this because of this just bad pit call that screwed multiple drivers a shot there at the end and he was I don't know if he was gonna win before those late yellows in that race but he was gonna have a pretty damn good chance he was good all season on top of that though Mm -hmm. I mean he put himself in a position to win an Xfinity championship Not just anybody can go out there and do that. He's had a very rough start to his cup career. He's finally on a team that I think actually genuinely supports him as a driver. I don't see Gibbs, at least at the cup level, ever as a team that truly supported him. I think it was always more the heiress money was good, and that's why they had him on board. I I think that shows with when Edwards was in the 19. That might even be a strong factor of why Suarez was in the Xfinity program, was simply to have that sponsorship on the cup side as well. I, I think Suarez having an actual support system behind him, a teammate who he gets along with very well, good people to work with, he's finally going to start to piece it together here. And I, I think he could even be a sleeper to throw together more than one win as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely agree with that. Like, uh, I think there's uh, you know, a, good, a good future for him. And like, even, even after um, everything that happened at Gibbs, he went to Stuart Haas. He didn't do bad. He just barely missed the playoffs there. And then he got the boot because Cole Custer's Cole Custer. You know, he, there was no saying that. I think Tony wanted to keep him at that point. This is just speculation on my part. If you go back and, like, listen to Tony, I think he kind of wanted to keep Suarez. But Gene, and, you know, given that Cole Custer's dad works at Stuart Haas, it really felt like it was more along the lines of, like, hey, this this kind of needs to happen. And Suarez just was the odd man out, unfortunately, because, I mean, I think he was running better at the end of the year there. It would have been interesting to see what he could have done if he was able to, you know, build more chemistry with that team over time. And he never got to do that. And, you know, even if that win at Trackhouse doesn't come this year, the fact that I think we would agree he's not going anywhere, right? You would say he's going to no, be back at that team next year? He is absolutely there to stay. I, the, 
as much as Ross Chastain is their number one driver right now, Daniel Suarez is not your typical second driver on a two-car team. That team supports Daniel Suarez. They, they love having him in a race car. You just hear it anytime Justin Marks talks about him. And he, like, the language barrier is there, and I think sometimes people get lost in that. But when you actually sit down and break down what he says, he's very knowledgeable about the race cars. And I, I think he, that even plays a role in Ross Chastain having the success he's had this year. I mean, those two bouncing off ideas off each other in the meetings on whatever Monday or Tuesday, whenever we uh, hold them, has probably been helping get that equipment better so fast. Because I don't, I can't really think of an example of a cup team that's ever come on the scene and gotten fast race cars this quickly and there's definitely a role that the drivers have played there i i think that's going to just keep improving with suarez over time as well like again even if that one doesn't come net this year next year i think that team could potentially be a lot better just because they have that year of experience they have the notes they have the knowledge and he's putting himself in a very good position to improve into the future um just taking a look at Marky's picks as well for the cup race. He also went with Truex to win and Suarez is the value pick. So even though he's not actually here, he's he's just feeding off of what we're saying, I guess, right now. Um, we do actually have a couple of driver matchups, not featured matchups for this race. Uh, taking a look at them. Give me, well, I guess there's only two right there's only four there right now so let's let's actually go through them all let's start off with chase briscoe and christopher bell who you're liking in that one that's actually a very tough matchup for me right now um a couple weeks ago if you asked me this question i think i would have without hesitation said chase briscoe i think bell was struggling but they've They've definitely started to hit a hot spark here. Let's see if it turns into a hot streak. Um, that off, I mean, he has a road course win, but I mean, Chase Briscoe is a road course. I, I don't want to say ace, but he's a very good road course racer. I mean, should have won the Indianapolis road course race last year. Got ran off the track by Denny Hamlin, black flagged, debatably by NASCAR. Some would feel that was a grayish area black flag given the circumstances of the situation. Then obviously you had the contact with Hamlin, sent Hamlin around that led to Almendinger winning that race. But Bell has a road course win as well. And that one at Daytona, that, that was an impressive one. He just came out that day. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Just put on a very solid race. I just, with where the teams are right now, Sonoma being the track it is, I actually am thinking the lean Bell here. So it's it's a tough one for me too. If you ask Christopher Bell, once upon a time he'd say he just sucks at road courses. I remember him saying that in the Xfinity series, and I think he got a win up at Road America a couple years ago. I will say with that Daytona road course win, well, he had a solid day. He put himself in position. He did have a tire advantage there at the end. And Chase Elliott, for a lack of a better word, as we would say probably a couple years ago, Kyle Larson himself that race and really just took himself out of it with aggressive driving. That being said, I think Bell is an underrated road driver. I'm just going to go with the guy that I think's better here, and that's Chase Briscoe. Could be completely wrong at the end of the day, because he's been flirting with that Tyler Reddick territory of driving over aggressively and costing himself finishing positions at the end of races. But I think he's just a tad better than Bell right now on the road courses, so I'm going to go Briscoe. 
Next up, we got Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain. Chase minus 140, Ross plus 120. I don't think I mentioned Briscoe in that last matchup, minus 105, Bell minus 115. But this one here, Elliott Chastain, Elliott minus 140, Chastain plus 120. This is another one where I think both these guys are pretty good. Ross obviously already has a road course win this year, and Chase Elliott's Chase Elliott. I'm, I'm kind of at a coin flip right now, but I think the odds might play a favor in my pick. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I think I'm thinking down the same line of thought here. Plus 120 versus minus 140. I think you got to go Ross Chastain here. I just Chase Elliott has been looking more human on the road courses as of late. I don't think that's debatable, honestly. It just the performance has definitely taken a tick down from where it was, which not saying he's not run well because he's absolutely still running well. He's just not a shoe-in to win these road course races anymore. And he was never the most successful at Sonoma. I mean, even last year, Kyle Larson just blistering pace all day. The Chase couldn't hang with him in the same equipment. Um, I just, I think Ross, he's got the road win already this season. I think he is more acclimated to the next-gen style of racing than Chase Elliott is possibly at this point in time with the new gearing, the brakes being the way they are. And I just, I think Ross is the way to go here. I would agree. I, I have my eye. Plus 120 on Ross Chastain. Again, would it shock me if Chase beat him? No. But I like what I'm seeing out of Ross. And it, when, it, when it comes to racing, like, I got, you know, there's a reason why this isn't my professional job. <laughs> because there's part of me that says, nah, you still take Chase even though he's minus 140. But Ross did win Coda. He's been so strong this year. There's better value on Ross Chastain. And I think it's close enough where you go with the better value. So give me Ross at plus 120 as well. I Next up. One cave- Sorry. Okay. No, no, go ahead. I would for one caveat in there to this, which is a bit of a curveball in this situation. Ross Chastain has two people that may be headhunting him this weekend, one being Chase fair. Elliott himself. <laughs> That's so a fair point. It, it, it is like... A road course is definitely one of the places where I think drivers are more likely to retaliate because it's these guys don't want to injure each other. And if there's somewhere where you can retaliate with a lesser chance of injuring a driver, a, a road course, especially like Sonoma, is probably one of them in a, quite a few spots. So I think we could see him going sideways off the nose of a couple of drivers this weekend. So that, that definitely could make that a little bit more interesting of a head-to-head. I think, I think Chase made his, you know, made his point when he shoved him up the track. I don't think Chase is going to do anything crazy like that unless we get down to like a lap or two to go and he's like within a car length of him and you're going into the hairpin turn and you got to move him to win the race. Denny Hamlin, I don't know. I really don't know. Denny Hamlin to me, he seems like he might really be saving that, you know, payback card for the playoffs when it would really hurt him. So for a race like this, I don't know if this is the spot where Denny would use it if he's gonna do something. The, so, he he might be okay this week, but I'm not reason, sure. The reason I may disagree is I think they're gonna be similar in speed this weekend, Denny and Ross, quite possibly. And I could see Ross overcooking a corner and getting into Denny again. Maybe not to the same extent <laughs> he did at Gateway, but if he so much as even touches that one oh, car, Denny's gonna or, flip. Denny is going to absolutely <laughs> junk 
that car. I mean, mm-hmm. Ross Chastain is not finishing the race if that happens. And it, I just, and at a place where it's so easy to accidentally get into somebody, I just, I think it's a problem that we could definitely see occur. It'll be a uh, fun too with Tony Stewart in the booth. If we get some more of that, yeah. uh, petty driving. Here yeah. Here. I, I will say it is funny that we do bring up Ross and Denny because in the limited matchups we have available right now, Ross and Denny are the next one on here. I have a feeling DraftKings did this for a reason with these two on the uh, driver matchups right now. But we got Denny Hamlin plus 105, Ross Chastain minus 125. I know for me, just looking at this, I know we just played up the value with Ross on the Chase Elliott matchup. But here, Denny Hamlin, at least to me, he's not a bad road racer. He's won road races before. But I don't feel like he's on that level. If he gets near Ross, maybe he'll do something crazy to junk him. But I think I feel a little safer taking Ross at minus 125 in this one. So, one thing. So, I, I did not hit on him here as a pick to win, but I actually am keeping a close eye on Denny Hamlin this weekend. Uh, the, he's a very good driver through the short shoot version of this track. He showed that on a few occasions. And I, it's almost one of those stars are aligning moments, if you will for Denny to quite possibly even win this race this weekend, not not just this matchup. You have, he, he's currently one win away from Tony Stewart's all-time wins record. Tony achieved his all-time win number and his final win by putting Denny Hamlin in the wall at this very racetrack. Tony Stewart is in the booth this weekend calling this race. I One of those things that just kind of gives you that feeling maybe Denny Hamlin's going to walk away with one this weekend. Sounds like you're going with Denny Hamlin on this yeah, matchup. Yes. Yeah, you're going with yeah. Denny Hamlin. He's going, going with the money, the plus 105. I will say, with how NASCAR works sometimes, those things do tend to happen a lot more, I feel like, in this sport than other sports. So it's not a, a bad reasoning. Sometimes uh, those things do add up, even when it comes to betting. Last matchup, we got A.J. Allmendinger at minus 115 versus Austin Sindrick at minus 105. Both of them... I guess, at least in the Xfinity series, you could say this with Austin Sindrick. Haven't seen a ton of him in the Cup series just because he is a rookie. Did do a few races last year. But uh, they're, they're road course aces. I think you could say that, at least from what we've seen out of both of them so far. Dinger has a couple of Cup wins on the road courses, and he has a bunch in the Xfinity series. I believe he did pass Jeff Gordon for most all-time road wins in NASCAR across all three national series now with, I believe, 10. I I think I got to go with Dinger here. W- wouldn't shock me if Austin Sindrick uh, had a good run at Sonoma, but I'll I'll go with AJ. He just after the run he had last week at Portland. I know completely different track, completely different setting. I don't expect there to be, you know, monsoon level rain during the race. So no no driving in the wet. But AJ Allmendinger to me is just the the easy pick to go with here. Yeah, I almost am hesitant to bet this group personally. This this head to head, it's just quite a uh, tough call for me. Um, Cedric has been on and off so far this Cup season. He was very good at Austin earlier in the year. Um, arguably a car that could have won that race. Just a great road racer, as is AJ Allmendinger. It's definitely a tough one, but the two car just showed a lot of speed this past week at Gateway. So I'll give a little bit of the edge to the uh, Austin Centric team. All right. So we, we split these up pretty well. So it'll be fun to go back and take a look at them. Comes, uh, you know, Sunday or Monday, whatever we 
get to recording the post-race. Moving over to the fantasy side now, uh, looking at the fantasy teams, I don't know how difficult you might have thought this was. I, I was struggling there for a little bit because there's just so many good road racers now in the Cup Series. It's not like it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago when you could go through the entry blank and be like, all right, we're going to go with, like, Ron Fellows, Boris said, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and then fill in two other guys. Like, I think there's probably, you know, 10, 15 guys you think could win, maybe not to the level of Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, but there's there's a bunch of different drivers right now that could go out there and perform on this track. Yeah, so I kind of went into this team with an idea of what I wanted before even looking at the salaries. And the, the salaries kind of just aligned to allow me to produce what I kind of had in my head. So I, I opened with, uh, I purposely scrolled all the way down to this one to start building this lineup. I took Brad Kozlowski at 6,600 for the same reasons we talked about earlier. I mean, I just feel like a former cup champion who's shown speed at road courses in the past at that price is hard to pass up on. I, I mean, obviously, you can't go put him in every lineup you make, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see his ownership levels nearing the 50% this weekend, possibly. I I think that just a great way to get your salary down so you can make some of the other picks that you really want to make on your lineup later, which is what I was able to do. I was I then moved on to Alex Bowman, which, I mean, 7,900. Then again, another one there, it's just... I feel like that salary is a little low for where he's been running on the road courses. I think that he's going to have the truck race on Saturday, running into the cup race on Sunday with some track time, some experience that some of the other guys might not have. I think that could be definitely beneficial for him and give you some good value at that high 7,000 price range. After that, I picked... uh, Kurt Busch at 8,200. Kurt Busch is another guy that has shown really good speed at Sonoma in the past in certain races. I think he's currently actually having one of the better seasons of his career, which might be a bit of a hot take, but maybe not statistically, but in terms of the raw speed on a week-to-week basis right now, that team is hitting on all eight cylinders, and I just think maybe Kurt could reignite some of that magic this weekend and go get a uh, another win for that uh, organization. Then after those two, I uh, picked Almendinger and Bell at 8,800, 8,900. Just two guys that are proven on the road courses. Uh, Almendinger more so than Bell. Bell, though, it's been hot. JGR looks like they're really hitting their stride right now with the equipment. Just, I, I think, good value there are going to be able to give you some good points for a price point. And then uh, leading my team, I went with the Denny Hamlin at 9,600. Like I said, I just got a gut feeling the stars are aligned this weekend. Sports like to write their own story sometimes, and I think this one's a story waiting for the pen to hit the paper. All right, so let's go with Mark's team first. And... His fantasy team, quick rundown here. We have Michael McDowell at 7,100. He's somewhat underrated when it comes to these tracks. Does have a win at Road America in the Xfinity Series. Uh, Eric Jones, 7,500. Daniel Suarez, 7,700, which I I definitely do like that one. Chase Briscoe, 8,700. AJ Allmendinger, 8,800. And Martin Truex Jr. at 10,000. I definitely have some similarities with him here and with you, 
Brad Keselowski, 6,600, just kind of too good to pass up, even though RFK maybe not where Brad was hoping they would be. I also have Busher at 6,100. Another one of those guys that comes in as, you know, a little bit of an underrated road guy, has had success in the Xfinity series, and I think he probably is eager to get back behind the wheel after his wild ride at Charlotte and missing last week with COVID. I also have Daniel Suarez at 7,700. Seems like, you know, it could be a pretty good weekend for him. Maybe not the win, but I'd expect him to be contending throughout this race. And then rounding out my team, I have A.J. Allmendinger, Martin Truex Jr., and Chase Elliott. Just trying to really hit all of the strong road guys at the end there, trying to build on that and see what we could go with. Chase, obviously, personally, I think because Marky's out of town and not going to the Sonoma race, Chase Elliott being his guy, probably going to end up in victory lane. <laughs> I didn't pick him to win. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to curse that on him, but I think uh, I think Chase is going to have a really good day on Sunday. Maybe not win. I'm, I'm still going Truex with that, but I think Chase is going to be pretty strong. And AJ's AJ. As long as he doesn't get roughed up in the last laps of the race, I think he'll also have a pretty solid day as well. So that's going to be pretty interesting looking at that. I think, I think it's going to be a pretty good race. But Moving on to something I want to talk about next, because I did mention it a little bit earlier with Martin Truex Jr. He had a soundbite earlier in the week where, you know, if you read the soundbite, it makes it sound like, ah, oh, he's back. And you listen to it and you go, I'm not so sure. And I just want to bring this up, too, because it does have a trickle-down effect depending on what Truex does. And I know you had some information last week about Ben Rhodes maybe being eyed by RCR. It seems like we're really in the heat of silly season right now. Let's just take a quick minute here to talk about it. Martin Truex Jr., what do you think he's going to do right now? Do you think he's going or staying in that 19 car for next year? I think he's pretty split in the middle on what he wants to do personally. I mean, obviously it's impossible to completely read what the man is thinking, how he feels, what he wants. But I do think that he's pretty close to being split on the decision where things can sway him in either direction. And I think one of those things that is going to sway him in a certain direction is Joe Gibbs himself. I think Gibbs wants him back in that car, at least for next year. I, I, as much as Joe probably wants to see his grandson become one of the fastest to hit the cup ranks and winning races, I, I don't think Ty is ready yet, and I don't think Joe Gibbs is going to rush his own grandson into a situation that could negatively affect his career, especially with the amount of potential he has. So I, I think they're going to really, really try to retain Truex. I think Truex comes from a racing family. I mean, um, I've uh, got some personal experience with his father. Uh, he just... They're, they're race car drivers, so I think if Truex thinks that he's going to be competitive and that he's going to have the full support of his team, I think that itch is going to be there, and he's going to want to go drive those cars for Gibbs next year. I'm looking at it, similar end result, a little bit of a different angle. I, I get the feeling, you know, I'm with you. I think Truex, if he's having fun, he wants to race. If he thinks he could be competitive, he wants to race. 
Part of me feels like, though, just looking at it from the business standpoint, you have Truex going through all this stuff right now. You have a lot of interesting, you know, noise coming from Kyle Busch's camp in that negotiation. Joe Gibbs, there is a doomsday scenario where they lose both of these drivers for whatever reason next year. I and this might sound crazy for the short term. I think it might be better for them to keep Truex because we already know. Kyle lost Mars. M&M's isn't going to be back on the car. They're looking to fill something in there. You might be able to sell some companies on Ty Gibbs if you have to bring him in to replace, you know, um, Kyle. Kyle's having problems with the sponsorship. Now, maybe they're close like they said, but they've been saying they've been close for weeks. I don't know. If Truex leaves, you're not keeping Bass Pro Shop. You're just not. Could they really afford to lose two major sponsors in the same season? I think that might be what's going on here. I My gut tells me, because I flip-flop on this, I think Truex might be a little closer in terms of leaning towards retirement. But I kind of get the feeling Joe Gibbs knows if they have to fill one hole, that might be tricky. They they might have some pieces that they can move around and stuff, but that that might be really hard to find You know, one spot for Kyle. If you lose Truex and you lose that sponsorship that's that's going to be a huge blow to that team. So I, I feel like they're trying to work to keep him in that car next year. One-year deal, you allow Ty to develop one more season in the Xfinity series, and he possibly takes over that car, unless for whatever reason they lose Kyle Busch. Then it comes down to, well, do you put John Hunter Nemechek in the car? Do you go after maybe Tyler Reddick, which I think Marky brought up, that that's somebody that Toyota is eyeing. It'd be hard to get him because he's got options to stay at RCR next year that are team options. It's not as simple as saying, yeah, I could go to Joe Gibbs Racing. There, there would have to be a buyout or something because I don't feel like Richard is just going to let you know Reddick walk to walk. So they're they're in a very, very tricky situation where it's going to be hard for them to just accept losing one and if if they lose both of them i i don't know what they're gonna do i actually disagree with you to a point i almost think the solution is more clear if they lose both of them than if they lose just one of them so if if, if in the doomsday scenario that kyle bush and truex both walk uh truex off into the sunset kyle bush probably off to like an shr or something um i think there's a pretty clear not maybe not plan in place, but what would be the best solution is they're gonna obviously Ty Gibbs is gonna end up in mm. that 18 car. Um, Monster is obviously a big supporter of Ty, uh, maybe not as big as y- you'd expect or that the team would wish, but I think once he hits that cup level, it might be easier to kind of sway them into some more support. And I, I think the other car here, and this is uh, where you could also pivot some sponsorship onto Gibbs' car as well with this move. I think Brandon Jones gets the tap to the cup level as well and brings that Menards money with him. And that, that just that's, that's a good way to fill that Bass Pro Shop gap as like more of a organizational thing than just the individual car. You know, I've never thought of that. Brandon Jones has never actually crossed my mind. From a money standpoint, that could potentially work. I do know with how that kind of does operate now, like you see Ream on the 20 car, and that, that's where Brandon Jones has those tides with Menard, just business-to-business deals. 
it looks a lot better because I think with Brandon Jones, if they had like Reem and people know his history with him and Reem, and and that's where his dad obviously has made a living. They look at him a lot, I think, more negatively than having Menards on the car, because I don't think a lot of people make that connection. But, you know, if he's going to bring that up, if they're willing to step up and sponsor him and, and, you know, move up there, that does make a lot of sense, actually. And it does free up some spots in the Xfinity Series, too, for that team. That's probably the easy solution in terms of drivers. I don't know if it's the correct solution in terms of being competitive, though, which is a whole nother conversation. Oh, absolutely, and I and I don't think it is, and and I I, could, I think you could even see the doomsday scenario go a step further in this situation because Gibbs would be taking quite a blow in terms of its overall competitiveness as an organization losing those two guys. Like it does not just affect the eighteen and the nineteen; it's going to affect the twenty and the eleven as well. And I think you could maybe, as crazy as it sounds, Denny might step over and drive for his team. I, you know, if that happened, because if the cars aren't going to be as great anyways, why not be driving your stuff, representing your own brand, building that team up more free car organization. Denny obviously has aspirations to make it a four car organization. And that's where it's going to get really messy for Gibbs. And from there, there's no clear solution. And it's almost catastrophic to a point where it could bury that organization as crazy as that would sound. I've been feeling like, and this is kind of ironic because over the years, Joe Gibbs race, racing, they've, they've poached from Roush. They took Kenseth, they took Edwards. And I kind of get the feeling like if, if everything were to hit the fan at once, you're kind of getting into that area where with how Roush declined. Obviously, there was a lot more performance issues there, but you start losing your big name drivers. You you don't have that you know backboard to kind of throw stuff off of and develop setups and and talk about the racing in general and everything like that. And it, it catches up with you fast. I think that kind of happened with Hendrick Motorsports a couple years ago when you lost Jeff. Um, Junior, obviously, with all the injuries and stuff, was never the same driver. And Jimmy Johnson, at the end of the, the end of his career, he just he never really felt like he was into it. And that partially might be because of the way NASCAR was going with the packages at the time. I think it took you know a couple years for their young guys to kind of develop. You saw that in 2020, Chase kind of took over, and then Kyle Larson being Kyle Larson. Uh, coming in there and, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air in terms of just probably talking setups and stuff like that. And, you know, I think you've really seen it with that organization. Alex Bowman, while he's lacked the consistency, I don't think you could really argue the speed he's shown over the last year and a half. It's definitely better than what you've seen from him before. And you're starting to see that with William Byron, though I'm a little bit worried about the consistency. Really hasn't been the same since Joey Logano put him in the wall at Darlington. But, he's still having a pretty good year in terms of running up front and contending for wins. So it, it takes time to build that if you don't have those veteran drivers there. And if you lose Truex and Kyle for whatever reason, and if you get into a situation where probably not next year, but if a year or two from now, Denny Hamlin sees the writing on the wall and says, hey, I want to go finish my career over at my own race team. Ty Gibbs looks great. But you know what? Joey Logano looked great when he was rushed to the Cup Series, and look how that turned out for him. It takes time to develop these guys. High's obviously not going anywhere, but that's that's something I would definitely worry about, depending on where they are with these negotiations with those two drivers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it's, and it's kind of a question mark of 
Like, where would Gibbs go from there? So, assuming the worst, the team collapses. Obviously, this is like three, four years from now for that all-to-play-out domino effect, but it's the kind of thing that this season is going to determine whether or not those dominoes start falling. And just because they start falling doesn't mean the entire set's going to knock down, but obviously the chance of it increases. Mm-hmm. So, it it's one of those, they can prevent a long-term tragedy this season in exchange for maybe some short-term pain Mm -hmm. i i will say too and this is something that i heard from somebody i know and there there were people over at kyle's shop in the truck series allegedly that they're not they don't know the future of that team and that that leads me to think like Purely speculation. Obviously, if Kyle if Kyle were to leave, that truck team's going to change manufacturers. Who's to say, you know, if Stuart Haas is where he ends up, is Ford willing to pay up for a truck team like that? They should. They don't really have any development options. You have Gilliland's team in the truck series, but that's not really a, an A-plus place, I feel like, to develop talent right now. It's not like a, a headline team for a manufacturer. You have SHR in the Xfinity series, but that's kind of just a buy-ride program right now. They don't really have anywhere where that they could develop their talent, especially with Penske pulling out of the Xfinity series this past year. I would think that if Kyle went to Stuart Haas, Ford would pony up the cash and, and let him continue that truck program under the Ford banner, but I don't know. And the fact that even like even if it's small rumors, stuff that's not hitting the mainstream, the fact that you know you hear whispers like, "Hey, like just be on the lookout for some changes and stuff like that," it raises some eyebrows. I think for me, at the beginning of the year too, I really thought Ryan Priest was going to end up in that ten car. That's what it really looked like when they announced him as like kind of their driver in waiting. Every week that goes by and that doesn't happen, you know, Kyle leaving and possibly going there. It, it becomes a little bit more likely. I like the John Hunter Nemechek idea better because I think if you're John Hunter Nemechek, like you kind of take take a look at like the room and you just see what's there. And you know, with, with John Hunter, I don't think you're going to get the brakes at Toyota that you necessarily could at Ford. So if things kind of open up the right way, and you know, with Amarola retiring, Harvick being on his way out, and and Custer, you know, being Cole Custer, there's opportunities for him and, you know, maybe even like a Zane Smith to end up in that ride and be one of the guys there. But at the end of the day, if you're Stuart Haas and you have a chance to get Kyle Busch, you still got to go get Kyle Busch because that's probably going to be your best option. Yeah, and that, that's actually what I was going to say exactly is uh, SHR has no development program at all right now. Like Riley Herbst is not. He's not. Yeah, and that's fine at the Xfinity level, and that's fine at the Cup level if you're to a certain level of competence, and I just don't see Riley Herbst at that level. I don't know of many people in and out of the sport that see Riley Herbst at that competence level. It's really not there. So I think the best-case scenario for SHR given that fact, is Kyle Busch. Because with Kyle Busch comes a development program. So you you instantly are already in a better position than you were developmentally. And in terms of current driver roster, it just puts you in a good spot. 
I think you're more likely to land Nemechek in that situation when Harvick inevitably retires. Uh, if Custer ever gets the boot, which I know his dad is the president. I, I just don't see it happening much. soon. <laughs> I think it'll happen a lot sooner than people think. Mm-hmm. Tony... Tony's a race car driver. He likes winning. I, I don't... I've never heard him really speak super positively about Cole Custer. Every time he's tweeting about the team, it's about Harvick or Briscoe, and on occasion, Almirola. He's he's never out there talking about Custer. I I just don't think Tony likes him as a driver. I'm sure Custer. I'm sure Cole's a good person. I'm sure Cole's pleasant to be around. I just don't think Tony sees him as part of the solution at SHR, which is definitely problematic when the team when the the guy whose name is on the building feels that way about you i tend to agree with that because i think we actually just talked about this a little while ago we were talking about suarez i'd like your take on this when they were going through that driver change did you get the feeling that like tony wanted suarez to leave because i i felt like he wanted to keep him and gene kind of overruled him and said nah cole's getting the ride tony wanted to keep his amigo Mm -hmm. Uh, it was Tony and uh, Tony has openly spoken well about Daniel Suarez um, before he was in the um, SHR organization and after he's been in the SHR organization. I think Suarez never got the fair shake there. Obviously, just wasn't enough time to truly show what he may have been capable of. I I never liked that move, and this was as a supporter of Cole Custer at the Xfinity level. I thought he was a pretty talented race car driver, and I mean, the numbers showed that. It's just the Xfinity field is a completely different beast than the cup field. And that's pretty well known. I just don't think anyone saw this rough of a transition. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think too, they're at the point where every week that goes by and they don't make a crew chief change. I just kind of want to slam my head through the wall. Cause it's not working. Yeah, really and if the, if the driver's not going anywhere, you have to change something else. You just have to, there's, there's no point in running the same thing back over and over again and expecting different results when it just clearly isn't happening. They they need to make a change there, and if it's not going to be Cole, it's got to be Shiplet. It's you know somebody's got to take the fall, and right now I, it, it's got to be him. Unless somebody were to come out and tell me the reasons why they're not doing good, and it's neither one of them. But I, I, yeah, people keep talking about SHR's equipment not being where it needs to be, and I just I disagree. I think it's a driver issue. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely a driver issue because Chase Briscoe is in his second year of Cup right now. He's won a race. He's up front every week. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's thrown away opportunities of wins on multiple occasions now, driving in over his head. Which he's there, a young driver. But right, that's the point that matters is Mm -hmm. that he is there. And Eric Almirola is having statistically one of the better seasons of his career. At his age. And we know what Eric Amarola is right now. Right, exactly. And we know what Eric Amarola always has been. Mm -hmm. And that is just a mid-tier driver with funding that can go out there and bring your car home in one piece. Mm -hmm. Harvick has looked lost for over 365 days now. (laughs) Which I don't know if I'd go that far, because they were turning it around at the end of this year, but he's looked awful in this new car. (laughs) I just, I, SHR is not that bad. Ford is not that bad right now. I mean, Penske is really good right now, organizationally as a whole. I mean, Blaney's been the fastest car 
God knows how many times this year without winning a damn race yet. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you have Joey coming off the win at Gateway, outdrove Kyle there. I mean, Kyle kind of outdrove himself, but the point still stands. I mean, they yeah. were in the position to win that race, and before Joey was in that position, Blaney was dominating that race. Cindric mm-hmm. led laps. I mean, on a stage, it, yeah. yeah. That there's speed there, and Briscoe is showing that. And I think if you put Kyle Busch behind the wheel of an SHR car, you even put John Hunter Nemechek behind the wheel of an SHR car. We saw what he did in the 38 car. I mean, I don't like saying it, but the kid's got talent. Um, <laughs> almost ate my shoe once in that truck race back at Daytona. Uh, oh, when he when he almost came back oh. there for like three laps down or whatever it was. Yeah, that was close. That was really close. <laughs> I mean, the dude can drive a race car. Um, he so like, and you don't need to land all these names. And I think Zane Smith's another one to keep an eye on coming up. I I could see Zane Smith skipping the Xfinity and getting a Cup shot with a team like I SHR if they're desperate yeah. enough. Yeah, because Zane Smith clearly has so much talent that if it's your one opportunity to get him and you're in a situation where you don't have a development program, can you really pass up the opportunity to steal that level of a prospect? I was I was talking to Mark about that with Zane, and it was like, it's one of those situations where, like, yeah, I think Ryan Priest is still in the discussion for that 10 car. And I think Ryan Priest probably has a higher floor than Zane Smith, just because we don't know what Zane Smith's going to do in that car if you were to get it. And we've seen Ryan Priest in the Cup Series. Zane Smith has the, the higher ceiling. Zane Smith is one of the highest ceilings in NASCAR mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I think another um, person I actually think has a relatively high floor that we could look at with that SHRC opening up is, um, now, I, I don't know how SHR feels about prospects in the sport with any close knowledge, but I know how some other teams feel about some guys, and a lot of teams really like Ben Rhodes. Um, I yeah, think you were saying that last time. <laughs> the, the colleague call up there. Um, I, see, I called it in our little group chat that we have with our friends. I said, I just got a hunch it's going to be Ben Rhodes. Um, people in the sport like Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes has delivered now quite often. I think, um, as a fan, I don't know if I see it quite as much, but I know that there is one organization out there that sees it a lot and wants him in their equipment. So I think if one organization feels that way, there has to be more of it do. So it, it'll, and, and that is RCR, which I did hit on last week. And, mm-hmm. and once again, that feeds into like, SHR doesn't have the development program. Why not poach a guy like that? What's the worst that's going to happen? You end up back on square one next year. I mean, it, it's not going to set your organization backwards at all. So if, if he's the option available there, maybe it is. A, a call that's worth taking the risk. I think too, and this is something Mark also brought up when we were talking the other night, is that Smithfield is sponsoring Tony's NHR NHRA team. Mm-hmm. Honorola might retire, but they might be able to keep that sponsorship. So if they yeah. can sell anybody, I'm sure like if, if you're looking at Kyle Bush, if Joe Gibbs Racing is having problems getting sponsorship for Kyle Bush and you have Smithfield on board and they say, hey, I want Kyle Bush or yeah, I want Ben Rhodes or Zane Smith. Right, exactly. The sponsorship might be there still. They might not have to go out and get something. They could possibly have anybody they want. And Kyle and Tony are great friends. Mm-hmm. So I, and that's an attractive opportunity for Kyle Bush because I mean, these drivers are not dumb. So, like, they may, like, 
the average person looking in sees SHR right now and sees a struggling organization. I don't think a current cup driver sees that. I think the outside driver looks in right now and sees an organization that has the equipment to win, just doesn't have the drivers. So I think Kyle wants to be, Kyle Busch is a number one driver. He will never settle for being the second best driver on a team or being seen as the second driver with an organization. And I think with Ty Gibbs coming up through the system that more and more so Kyle's kind of being pushed onto the back burner of importance within the organization. And I think SHR, while he might not instantly be number one there because Kevin's there and Tony and Kevin are obviously Tony and Kevin, mm-hmm. but um, Kyle might see an opportunity opportunity there. It's like, Hey, this is the empire. I'm going to go build with a new team. Now a new car. Kyle Bush has switched teams before he's been part of, three different programs in, in this sport. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he's the kind of guy that wants to stick around in one place forever. And I mean, it may not have been his choice to jump around the programs, but it, like he clearly, he has the experience moving organizations. Mm-hmm. So he could definitely be willing to take that risk. Kyle's been around so long. You say three programs. You're right. I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize Kyle Busch got to start with Roush. <laughs> like, I don't think they realized he was driving truck races for Roush when he was 16, and Roush tried to sign him to an insane 10-year contract, and Kyle was like, nah, I'm, I'm good, and that's good that's how he ended up at Hendrick. Yeah, pretty good call in the long run, I would say so, too. <laughs> Which goes into, like, Kyle Busch, dude understands the sport. Yep. I mean... It- I think he would be the one at Stuart Haas right away, just given Harvick's I, I decline. Too. I just yeah. think that maybe, like, in terms of, like, maybe Tony's point of view over things, like, he's still going to treat Kevin at least mm-hmm. as an equal to Kyle. Um, I, I think if Harvick is going to continue to struggle, last year will be, or next year will be his last year. And, so and Another thing that yeah. I will say, if Kyle ever wants to race with his kid, if he hangs around long enough, which, I mean, maybe he could, SHR would be the best place for him to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, there's more room there for his kid to come up through like the four program than there is over in Toyota right now. Yeah, Toyota's prospect pool is so oversaturated right now. I feel like you could change their slogan to like "We develop them and you take them" because I feel mm-hmm. like that's happened, well, and they have a lot of guys. Yep. Oh, Kyle Larson, they had him. That's the one yep. that they, they hate, and that's probably why they treat Christopher Bell the way they, they've treated him, is because they view him like Kyle Larson, and they don't want him slipping away. That's that's why they decided to let go of Eric Jones. Yep. Who I still hate that move. I mean, I do, too. I think he got screwed there. Um, I'm, I'm happy. He, yeah. Arguably more talented. <laughs> yep. That, there's another one for the SHR seat, too. I'd love to see Eric Jones get that opportunity. I don't, I don't think... It's going to be him. It's just a gut feeling. For whatever reason, this is just my gut feeling on Eric Jones. If if there's a scenario where Joe Gibbs is able to poach Reddick from RCR, I don't know why, but I just feel like he might go there, which some people might argue it's a lateral move. They, they have a relation, but I don't know. I just... I kind of feel like I could see him sliding over into the eight car if Reddick were to leave. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely. And that would still be a step in the right direction for him. Mm-hmm. I would I would be pretty happy with that. I I would be pretty happy if he ended up in the 10 car because I agree with you. I think he got you know the short end of the stick of that he whole could, deal at Gibbs. He could win a championship in that equipment. I really do think that. Uh, he he is it's bold, but it's not insane because I, mean, I I feel like you like, like I think everybody's right loving now. Bell right now, and I think yeah. Jones could be better. You know, I mean Jones has almost won a race this year driving for Petty. 
GMS now. I mean, they're a better team than they were last year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still not an organization that you see a guy go run like Eric Jones Mm -hmm. has run at some of the tracks that they've been running well at. I mean, Ty Dillon's even been impressive in that equipment. Ty Dillon's a top 20 machine right now. It's crazy because Ty Dillon has never been like one of our first episodes we did. We talked about how Ty Dillon like probably shouldn't be in the Cup Series, and we look like freaking idiots with how he's done this year because he just keeps the car clean and finishes like fifteenth every week. It feels like it's crazy. Didn't do himself any favors at the Clash for people's view of him. That's fair. He, I think that's actually when we started clowning on him because he hit everything except the pace car that race. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's, he's turned all, it around. Who knows with all Fox's commercials, we might have just missed him. Yeah, we, that's so. true. That's a good point. We might have, especially in that heat race, because yeah, man, they were running into everything. But you know, I I think the silly season this year it has the potential to be really big. You know, could we just get everybody kind of going back into their place and then Ryan Priest ending up in the ten? Sure, but. I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see more, I think, over the next couple of weeks. I, I get the feeling Truex is probably going to have his decision made in a couple of weeks, and that's, well, I, I that's the big domino. A two-week time period, didn't he? Um, I, I heard him talk about soon. I don't remember if he gave me the, you know, not me personally, but he gave us the exact date. But it's, it's going to come soon, and once it does, that's really going to start you know, pushing over all the dominoes. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I think you're right, though, but this is going to be a very active silly season. There's mm-hmm. only two cup teams right now that I look at and see their lineup completely locked in for next year. So it'll definitely be interesting to see outside of yeah. and Penske what goes on. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think all those guys are safe. Um, Well, no, Blaney's under contrast. Sometimes I look at Ryan Blaney and I go, man, he wants to get the hell out of there. there. He signed a contract extension. He's staying there. But sometimes I just look at him and go, no, you need a, you do not fit the Penske mold. You do not get along with your teammates. You need to leave. If Blaney wants to be there, he will be there. I I would agree. (laughs) But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Birdie Breakdown. Uh, Thanks for coming back and joining us, Jeremy. Uh, welcome back anytime. Great addition to the show. And I'm sure we will have you on a lot more in the future. Um, I will be back after the race on you know either Sunday, Monday, whenever we get around to doing the review. Unsure at the moment because maybe Marky will be able to come back uh, and we could get his takes from everything that happened over the weekend. But until then, let's get ready for some great road racing at Sonoma and we'll catch you next time. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.